0: How you guys doing hello everyone hello welcome to the nick wilson show sounds like a typical bastard so wire, right
1: what's going on in nick wilson's mind
0: my mind is a raging torrent flooded with rivulets of thought you're about to find out look who knows so much nick wilson is on now
1: Sports Radio 92.7 FNZ. Welcome into the noon hour on the Nick Wilson Show. Uh, If you missed any of the first two hours of the show, especially in the 11 o'clock hour, got a little wonky in the middle of the hour. A lot of 1990s uh, supernatural, not supernatural, uh, natural disaster movie talk. If you missed any of it, WFNZ.com. I just, the Humane Society of Charlotte just has, uh, they've got a puppy in uh, in the building because they're going to do a, a weekly hit on WBT-TV. Let me just tell you guys, my puppy fever is off the charts right now because this, this puppy is a little bit freaked out. He wasn't quite expecting a, uh, a a person of my proportions to walk through a door. But the whole time, I was just like, I just I just wanted to cuddle with this dog. So that's what I'm working through right now. That there's a dog in this building, and I just want him to be my best friend. I'm working through some stuff today. Uh, five questions coming up in just about uh, 40 minutes. You already heard one of them in our interview with Stephen Ruiz. We've also got Ben Verlander of the Flippin' Bats podcast coming up at 60. At some point today's show, itty bitty fitty's going to have to atone for his slander of the British people. Not today. Not right, or, sorry, not at, right at this moment. But at some point. An atonement will be offered for his slandering of the Brits yesterday at the end of the show. However, we are 29 days until the Hall of Fame begins, we, uh, or until the Hall of Fame game happens. We are 64 uh, days out until the NFL season kicks off. And I, get, I actually want to start. I was going to start somewhere else, but I wanted to just ask you guys, looking around the NFL... Who are the most intriguing teams in the NFL to you with roughly two months to go to the kickoff of NFL season? Because Trevor Sikama of Pro Football Focus was on with us last week in a segment that you guys can, uh, can find on WFNZ.com, and he kind of broke down the NFC and the, the competitive tiers in the NFC and where the Panthers fall in.
0: No doubt about it, Nick, that things are much more competitive at the top in the AFC, but I guess if you're a Panthers fan listening to this, that means that uh, midway through the year, heck, even down the stretch, your Panthers might still have a chance to make the playoffs because it's a wide open race for, like you mentioned, those fifth, sixth, and seventh spots.
1: I said this earlier in the show uh, when we were coming off the, the conversation with Steven Ruiz. I think if you what, what what is so unique and interesting about this year, usually in the NFL, we can look in the NFL, and there are six or seven teams that are just objectively terrible. Just teams you can point to and say, those teams aren't going to do diddly squat this year. This Right now, going into this year, there are two teams, I think, that are going to be gunning definitively. Like, no doubt in my mind, are going to be de- in the running for the, the first pick. And it's Seattle and it's Atlanta. Everybody else in the NFL is negotiable. I think Chicago's probably going to be pretty bad. But Justin Fields could absolutely make that team more competitive than they should be. I think the Jets, if Zach Wilson just isn't a slappy this year, I think the Jets, who are probably the least talented team in the AFC East, I think they could take a, a small jump. And when I'm saying small, I'm talking six or seven wins instead of four wins, which they had last year. Jacksonville. Jack, There's no reason Jacksonville should be a three-win team again n- this year they should not be the they should not have the number 1 pick or a top 5 pick next year the the reason being Trevor Lawrence year 2 and they have a good head coach who isn't off fondling uh, fondling young barmaids in the middle of Columbus, Ohio. Doug Peterson is better at coaching in the NFL than Urban Meyer ever dreamed to be. There is no team in the AFC West I think is going to be top it uh, has a top 5 pick. Ca- Kansas City, Las Vegas, Los Angeles, and Denver. All those teams, I think, are going to be six, seven, eight win teams. Now, that doesn't mean that there's a lot of teams that are going to win a title. I think there's, I think there's, I think every team that's going to claim a spot in the AFC has a chance to win a title. I can't recall the time we've been able to say that about one conference being that loaded. I think in the NFC, I think Green Bay's got a real chance. Although I think they could take a step back with some of the roster. Uh, decisions they had to make. Tampa Bay is still Tampa Bay until proven otherwise. San Francisco and and L.A. have chances. Dallas theoretically has a chance. Beyond that, every team between Green Bay, Tampa Bay, and L.A., and Seattle and Atlanta, every team in between those two tiers... Has a chance to be interesting this year, in my opinion, including the Carolina Panthers. But when I start thinking about intriguing teams in the NFL, I actually—I I will say—I I start in the—I start in the AFC because the most intriguing team to me in the AFC is a team that didn't have to make the kind of moves that Cleveland had to make, that Miami tried to make with the Tyreek Hill trade, with uh, really what everybody else, Buffalo. Last year felt like Buffalo's year. And the only reason Buffalo wasn't playing for a title last year was because it was Pat Mahomes and Josh Allen and one of the most historic quarterback, uh, blow for blow, down to the wire performances we've ever seen. That was a, Buffalo absolutely might have missed their window to win a title last year. Because that team had everything you needed to win a title. Including Josh Allen in his finest form. Josh Allen showed up in that playoff game. And unfortunately, Pat Mahomes just showed up a little bit more at the right time. I'm really intrigued to see if Buffalo can take a regular season step. Last year they won 11 games, won the uh, AFC East. But I'm really intrigued to see if they can maintain the balance of prolific offense... Sands, Brian Dable, their former offensive coordinator, now the Giants head coach, and a a prolific defense as well. I don't know they can, but I'm incredibly intrigued. As somebody who really roots for small market teams, I'm rooting to see. I'm rooting to see what Buffalo does this year. So the question is, with, uh, with 29 days until the Hall of Fame game, and 64 days until the NFL season kicks off, what teams are you finding most intriguing in the NFL this year? I I think beyond that, looking to the NFC, I think the Carolina Panthers belong in the most intriguing conversation, and I don't think a lot of people are going to 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 say that. But if the Carolina Panthers trade for Garoppolo or Baker, I well, I I'll be honest with you guys, I'm I think they're going to make the playoffs. I, I think that is what this season will ride on. Even if Matt Rule doesn't distinguish himself as a great head coach with a new coaching staff, this roster is about as good as I've seen the roster outside of the quarterback position since I've been here. The last couple of years Iran, it was an aging roster that didn't have a lot of depth with it, didn't have a lot of youth to it. The, they had a couple of young guys, but like beyond that, a lot of the young guys either were never going to contribute in the NFL... Or we're not ready to. This team has depth at almost every position. My biggest concerns are do they have enough on the outside, on defense, uh, at the edge spot? And how quickly can the offensive line come together? Outside of the quarterback position, that's it. They are deep in every way. I think the Panthers are intriguing. I also think you look at a team like San Francisco... San Francisco's defense was pretty good last year. It wasn't, we didn't see the best of their defense till till later in that season. And if, if Trey Lance is ready to take over the quarterback position, and that I means just be a functional starter, I think the difference between Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo over the next three years is San Francisco winning a Super Bowl and not winning a Super Bowl. Jimmy's a fine quarterback. But they're intriguing because who the hell knows what they're doing at quarterback, and they're intriguing because if Trey Lance can can be a starting quarterback in the NFL, that skill set, ridiculous athleticism, cannon for an arm in Shanahan's offense, with the with the way that they run the ball. Trey Trey Lance being a acceptable, we're talking about Colin Kaepernick level quarterback. Whatever you thought his best was, if he can be that, year one, really good starting NFL quarterback. Look out for San Francisco. And again, I think the NFC is chock full of teams like that. I think Philadelphia is really intriguing this year. Their offseason, everybody loved their draft. I just liked their offseason in general. The Hassan Reddick move I thought was really smart. I think think trench-wise, on the defensive side of the ball, I think they got better. And I'm not counting out Jalen Hurts either. That that offense with really no... Their, their offense on the ground game last year was Jalen Hurts. They never really committed to Miles Sanders. They never really uh, committed to Boston Scott. They kind of did a hodgepodge of running backs. They They scored 444 points last year. That defense, if if that defense is fixed a little bit, that defense gives up 40, 50 less points this year, and Jalen Hurts takes another step, I think Philadelphia is intriguing as hell. The AFC, it feels like it is top-heavy. It feels like there's going to be a good team that misses the playoffs. Hell, I haven't even mentioned the Colts yet, who I think are really intriguing. The Colts have been looking... The Colts could be uh, last year's Rams... Because for a long time, the Rams had a veteran roster that had been knocking on the door of real significant national relevance. And it McVeigh and Goff just, it, it just didn't work. It didn't work the way you wanted it to. They went out, got a veteran quarterback who had been undermined by a bad organization in Matt Stafford, and they won the friggin' Super Bowl. Indianapolis has only been missing a consistently good quarterback. But there's going to be a good team in the AFC that misses the playoffs this year. In the NFC, I think it's wide damn open. 704-570-9610 with 64 days until kickoff in the NFL season. Who are the most intriguing NFL teams to you? I, I don't know that Pittsburgh is good intriguing We've just, uh, uh, Stephen Ruiz said this, he called Mike Tomlin uh, when he was on the show last hour, he called Mike Tomlin the most underrated coach in the NFL. I don't disagree. That guy has consistently, with knuckleheads in the locker room, he's consistently won. With a roster where the defense and a bad secondary for a long time, consistently won. With fat Ben Roethlisberger, who was just... Collecting checks and eating donuts. He had them competitive. I, I wonder if this is the year where we finally see Mike Tomlin's magic isn't enough. Though the the offensive line's still not great, and unless some of the guys that played last year suddenly develop, looking at that defense, you've you've got a couple defections defensively, and and listen, Fat Ben Roethlisberger might be not as good as he was a decade previously. I still think he's better better than Mitchell Trubisky. They're relying on Kenny Pickett coming out of the gates being last year's Mac Jones. I don't know Pittsburgh is good intriguing, but the idea that this is final of the year where where the bottom falls out for the, the Steelers, I think is very intriguing. I won't I I I've I've kind of just resigned myself to the Steelers are gonna be good for for the rest of my life. So I don't necessarily buy it. But I think that's intriguing. Itty bitty fitty, real quick, give me a team that you think is intriguing in the NFL.
0: I'm very interested to see what Miami's going to look like. I think I think Tua with the better offensive line, with those weapons, and if if Mike McDaniel can can call the plays as good as a head coach as he was as an offensive coordinator, they're gonna be a they're going to be a Sunday ticket team where, like, you would want to pay to watch them play offense.
1: This is a hot take. They fired a guy who was a really good head coach. They still are, and they chose a slap ass quarterback over a really good head coach. Uh, it's it would not surprise me if Miami finished last in the AFC East this year. I I think too I don't think Tua is it. I whatever magic he had in college, we have not seen in the NFL. I don't think Tyreek Hill matches up with with Tua and how he wants to play, he can't throw it deep. And then look at the rest of the roster. The rest of the roster has overachieved the last three years with uh, with Brian Flores. Miami being in the running for the number one pick next year, I, I call him a dark horse. Mm. I, I, it, one, the AFC's loaded. Yeah. Two, the AFC East is secretly, well, it's top heavy with the Patriots and, and Bills. I think the Jets could take a step forward too. I don't think they're going to be a playoff team, but I think they could take a step forward. Miami's Miami's bad, intriguing. So, uh, who are the most intriguing teams in the NFL? Well, let, I, we got a couple of responses coming in from you guys. We'll get into that and power rankings for the Panthers on Sports Radio ninety two seven FNZ. It's Radio 92.7 FNZ. Welcome back to the Nick Wilson Show. Five questions coming up in just about 20 minutes. The five burning questions I have. Most are related to something going on in sports. Some are just related to things, anniversaries, days, whatnot. But that's coming up in just about 20 minutes. In the meantime, we're asking you guys for, uh, with 64 days to go till the NFL season kicks off, what teams intrigue you the most? And it's interesting, Gordon, uh, our, our guy, Masshole Gordon, saying the the New York Giants, and kind of calling out that the roster beyond the quarterback position is is pretty talented. And then they're they're in the NFC East, which feels like it's up for grabs. Dallas did not have a great off season. Philadelphia, Washington, and New York all kind of had similar levels of okay or good off seasons. Um, I, th- I actually think there is a profile of teams. There is damn near half the NFC fits into that mold. Like the Giants, if Daniel Jones can just not suck, the Giants could be a playoff team this year. If the Carolina Panthers quarterback position just doesn't suck, the Panthers could be in the playoffs this year. Good defense, stout in the trenches, uh, depth on offense. The Washington Commanders. If Carson Wentz just doesn't suck, um, that is a team that's been building to something over the last couple of years. They re-signed McLaurin the other day. They're, the defense was bad last year. I think they're going to jump back as long as Jack Del Rio can, you know, refrain from PR gaffes. I think, I, think, I think Washington has a chance there. The Eagles, that is a good roster. You okay over there? Was that a, was that a cry of ecstasy or agony? It was, I was stretching. Okay. I just would like to make it your sound effects off the air derail the show more than anything. You farted on the air. That sounded like uh, you were on mama's couch over there with the way you were. With, oh, whatever sound you were making there. It was more like a, ah, I, you know what? Maybe that's what it sounded like over there. Over here. It sounded like, ah, oh. However, as we get the show back on track from the moans of ecstasy across the friggin' room from anybody fitty, uh, so Giants, Panthers, Commanders, Eagles, they're all teams, I, I actually feel the best in this case about the, the Commanders and Eagles quarterback situation, but if their quarterbacks are just league average or better, all four teams, real the, have playoff talent on their roster, I think you can throw the Saints and 49ers in there. Those have been two franchises that have been over the last five years consistently as the best franchises in the NFC. But, like, if Jameis Winston can be who he was for 11 games last year, if he can be that for 17 games, I think the roster's taking a step back. I I think Dennis Allen is a trash head coach. I thought that was a convenient hire and not a smart one at that. The Saints could be one of those teams we're talking about if the quarterback just doesn't suck. And oh, by the way, the 49ers, it really comes down to, do you bring Jimmy G back for one more year? And if not, can Trey Lance just not completely stink up the room? Because there's a scenario where they trade Jimmy G or let him go. He signs somewhere else. Trey Lance goes in as the chosen one, completely and utterly craps the bed, And Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch going to next year in the hot seat. I would never have thought that was going to be the case. I still don't know that's the most likely scenario. But I don't think anybody in the NFL has addressed significantly the risk that San Francisco is taking. It's equally a risk to stay with a quarterback that can't stay healthy and refuses to throw the ball down the field. But the waters are a little choppy in San Francisco. Given the state of the quarterback position, Uh, 704-570-9610, throw them in here. What teams do you find most intriguing in the NFL? I've called out the Panthers as an intriguing team. Uh, I've called out uh, the Colts. I'm completely out on the Miami Dolphins. Eddie and I just completely uh, disagree on that one. I'm secretly curious to see what Tennessee can do as well. The Colts are going to be better. I actually think that entire division got better this offseason and Indianapolis traded away the best the second best weapon that Ryan Tannehill had. And the defense the defense was a lot better last year. They still gave up three hundred and fifty-four points. It's not bad. It's also not good enough to carry your roster. And and their their offense, looking or just around the AFC, was kind of middle of the road offense. Without Derrick Henry, oh, also can Derrick Henry stay healthy? We if we're gonna have the conversation with Christian McCaffrey about injuries, and once injuries hit running backs, it's sometimes that's just the end of running backs. If we gotta have that conversation with McCaffrey, kind of gotta have that conversation with King Henry as well. But with that, with 64 days to go until the uh, kickoff of the NFL season. I've given up. I, I, there are a lot of people who like uh, NFL power rankings off-season talk. Um, a lot of people use that to prop up their show. I just can't do it. If there's a science behind it, I can get behind power rankings talk. Like Pro Football Focus just did their uh, power rankings. They're using basically the team on paper. Not how you and I think of a team on paper, but they're using... Their estimation of who the team was last year, what they've added, what they've subtracted, and how that parlays this year. I, it's still not a like set-in-stone science. But it at least has some fact or thought process behind it. Which is what's interesting about them having the Panthers ranked as 27th in their, in their power rankings. But by and large, I'm out on power rankings talk. This is the one I'll indulge because I thought it was interesting when we had Stephen Ruiz on at eleven I asked him if the if the Panthers are are a quarterback away why did I ask him that because I don't I think there's a huge discrepancy with how we view the roster outside of quarterback and how the, the how the greater NFL media views the roster outside the quarterback if If pro football focused, had the Panthers ranked 27th in their power rankings because of Sam Darnold and Matt Corral, no contest. I can't fight. There's no, there's no, if if this is a courtroom, there's no defense. It is as bad or as unproven or as shaky of a quarterback room as what we've talked about with Seattle with Drew Locke and Geno Smith. Until proven otherwise, it's sloppy as a sloppy does. If this was about Matt Rule, and that was two of the things that Stephen Ruiz said was, who the hell's starting quarterback, and Matt Rule really looks lost as a head coach. Now, my rebuttal to those two things would be the situation around the quarterback has gotten infinitely better. Mostly because I think the most important thing to uh, a good quarterback or a young quarterback is a good offensive line and having a primary weapon. Everything beyond that is a luxury. Well, D.J. Moore, Christian McCaffrey, either one of those guys qualifies as a primary weapon. This offensive line is a lot better. Is it enough to, to to help Matt Corral or Sam Darnold be functional? I don't know. But the situation around the quarterback's better. The situation around Matt Rule's better. I think the national media is sleeping on how bad of an offensive coordinator Joe Brady really was. I mean, hell, guys, uh, there's a chance that, that we were sleeping on how bad, after year one, of an offensive coordinator that that Joe Brady really was. But it wasn't just that. Pat Riley, had, or Pat, Pat Riley, Pat Myers had some weird takes on offensive linemen. With the way he deployed Brady Christensen. With the way they just after three and a half years with Taylor Moten at right tackle, just decided one week to put him at left tackle. Some of the theories that we saw that I think came from the offensive line coach proved that they were not worthy of the Carolina Panthers. Talk about the defensive line rotations. These are all things coming from assistant positions. So I think the context around the quarterback position is better in Carolina this year. And I think the context around the head coach is better. Does that mean Sam can can be a functional quarterback or Matt Rule can be a functional head coach? No idea. We're going to find that out. The two most intriguing things about the Carolina Panthers are the things that keep you and me up every single night. It is those two jabronis. However, that's what made it so interesting when we talked with Steven Ruiz, and I said... Is your, you know, your thinking on the Panthers, is, is, that about, is that about them being a quarterback away, or do you see bigger problems? And I thought he called out the offensive line. He said he, he doesn't know that they have enough on the offensive line. I disagree. I think they're 10 deep. And I think when you're 10 deep and you've got a couple foundational positions uh, cemented in, Taylor Morton is a, is a foundational right tackle. I think Austin Corbett proved in L.A. He's, he's going to be, at the very least, a highly functional starting right guard. And then you add to it a quantum at left tackle. There, it really comes down to what happens at center and what happens at left guard. And I think the probables are Bradley Bozeman and Brady Christensen. But I at least understand the idea of Stephen Ruiz saying that until we know who the starting five are, until we see them on the field, we are projecting that. And so I asked him, is, is the quarter are the Panthers a quarterback position away? And he said, no. He said, they're a quarterback, head coach, and O-line away. So I'll ask you guys right now, because we talked about the Baker Mayfield uh, report about Seattle really isn't interested. And Ian Rappaport said yesterday on the Pat McAfee show effectively it seems to be Carolina <laughs> or bust for Baker Mayfield. I think they're a quarterback away from being a wild card team at least. I think in the NFC I don't think there's a lot of things we can etch in stone in the NFC. Even Tampa Bay, who I think had a really nice off season, even Tampa Bay with some of the some of the roster turnover. Sue isn't there anymore. JPP isn't there anymore. They're replacing them with young players. That matters. Tom Brady is getting a year older. I, I think it's most likely the Tampa Bay's the best team in the NFC again. But if Tom Brady gets hurt, that roster isn't what it was two years ago when they won the Super Bowl. They have aged out. And they've started to have to replace some positions either with youth or guys who are lesser than. Look into the offensive line. I, I think I think the Panthers are a quarterback away from potentially being one of the five or six best teams in the NFC. Does that mean they can win a title? No, probably not. But that's a hell of a lot better than being the team that had the sixth, seventh, and eighth picks the last three years. Uh, Colby saying, Joe Brady had the worst season as an offensive play caller I've ever seen in my life. I don't know, man. I, I saw Freddie Kitchens in Cleveland. I've seen a lot of guys in Cleveland that had ap- Gil Haskell that had absolutely no business calling plays in the NFL. Uh, 704 number saying, besides quarterback pass rush to me seems like a big issue. I I agree, but I to me, they have depth, which I think is going to help them. And I don't think the opposing starting edge rusher is enough to sink this team. It's important. It's probably the reason they're not going to win a title this year. But I don't think it's going to stop them from, especially if you're going to play bigger on the opposite side of the defensive line. I don't think it's going to stop you from being a potential wild card team this year. So, who are the most intriguing teams in the NFL with 64 days to go? And do you think that the Panthers are a quarterback away from being a wild card level team? Five questions next on sports radio. FNZ. Sports Radio 92.7 FNZ coming up in about 20 minutes. Ben Verlander of the Flippin' Bats podcast is going to join us. We'll talk Mets panic level. We'll talk DeGrom to the Braves. We'll talk it all. Coming up in 20 minutes. In the meantime, let's get to our Five burning questions. We do this every day. You can uh, respond to my Insta story at Nick Wilson says on Instagram, or you can fill out the questionnaire. Is it questionnaire? Makes it the answer, send in your answers at, at Nick Wilson says on Twitter or on the Garage Door Guru text line. Uh, so today is the anniversary of Mount St. Helens. Uh, Itty bitty fitty. You answered something in the 11 o'clock hour when we talked about this. What national, what natural disaster are you most afraid of?
0: I grew up being afraid of tornadoes because where I lived, that was the most natural threat of something happening. Like Mm -hmm. we've gotten remnants of of a hurricane that's come through Mm -hmm. the Carolinas, but like I wasn't alive when Hugo happened. So like if I lived in Florida, I'd probably be a hurricane we saw a lot of tsunami on the text line earlier. I think that's a
1: great one because there's no out. Like we talked about uh, Stephen Ruiz was pretty sure after watching the tape on lava <laughs> that he could outrun lava. I'm pretty sure. My bigger fear is pyroclastic flows with, uh, with volcanoes, which are inescapable death engines. Uh, tsunamis are impossible to outrun as well. As a matter of fact, that is often how people end up passing away as they think they can either outrun it or outswim it. It's impossible. Tsunamis probably should be better represented in this conversation.
0: Yeah, there's just... Uh, I have a lot of fears. And uh, I think it'd be cool to be a part of a... to live through a volcano erupting. What, what do you
1: mean live through it? Like, you... Like you're like seventy miles away and you can kind of see it off in the distance? Or we're yeah. we talking like like Dante's Peak, you're in that town.
0: No, like I mean like seventy miles away because I could still tell people that like I was a survivor. Like oh, I Okay, you're that oh, yeah. D bag. Oh, yeah. oh. I mean, how many people who weren't in Pompeii were like, "Hey, yeah, I was in Pompeii, you know, and I got out of it. Um
1: a lot. I, don't, I don't know, definitively. <laughs> like, you would be the worst person if you lived on the other side of the mountain because Pompeii disproportionately affected one side of the mountain. You would be the biggest D-bag in the world if you were trying to, to, to nail Romans 5s and 6s with a line of, I survived Pompeii. <laughs> By the way, that wouldn't really work here. You couldn't go to your home. T- if you were like, yeah, so I was in uh, you know, uh, Mount St. Helens 3.0 or whatever it is. I survived it. That does nothing to historic Lancaster Force. I think have better luck with I survived a mid level hurricane. <laughs> right? Like you, Lieutenant Dan some stuff. You've got a picture of you in a bandana just giving mother you know, giving a hurricane the double birds. So the first of our five questions is what natural disaster are you most afraid of? To me it's super anything. You put if it's a if it's an asteroid, I'm kind of afraid of it. You put super asteroid, I'm terrified right uh you say super tornado, I'm out. super hurricane uh, category six hurricane I'm out. Super volcano I am beyond out because that's gonna screw the whole world up. What about a super earthquake? Well yeah, but I mean I guess with earthquakes if like if you're in a sparsely uh, located place, just walk outside. Like, as long as there aren't big you know uh, buildings around you, just walk outside and you're not gonna die by the earthquake unless the earth just literally opens up and swallows you somebody pointed out sinkholes yeah for yeah,
0: oh.
1: yeah is is that a, are you worried about sinkholes <laughs> like is that a problem down here because i can barely cut through the clay like an inch to dig something for my wife so like i don't think sinkholes are gonna be a big issue here in uh the uh, the clay stricken carolina
0: no nah, i mean i think we're okay but like if i definitely live like in california like when, uh, like when Fiddy goes Cali. Oh, I'll definitely be staying awake at night wondering: Is my million-dollar apartment gonna be swallowed by the earth? Nine-eight-zero
1: number saying people forget that volcanoes and lava gives tons of toxic gases. It'd be like working with you. <laughs> That's you. You would finally understand what it's like to uh, work with you, surviving the toxic gases of volcanoes. That's question number one. Number two. Uh, this is in honor of Michael Jordan being the NBA 2K23 athlete cover athlete for the game. Uh, what video game have you played most in your life?
0: Uh, it would be a, a toss up between Madden and College Football. I think it's got
1: to be Madden for me because College Football. It really. It wasn't until it hit PS2 that I really thought it was a great game. Mm-hmm. Like once they added recruiting, I was all the way in. Once or and once they added pretty much every program, I was all the way in. So like 2000, 2001, I have literally played every year of Madden since what now I'm talking about from Super Nintendo on. So like mm-hmm. 92 to today, I have owned or played every copy of Madden ever and every year. Despite the fact I know the game's going to have zero to 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 three percent upgrades in terms of how the game is played, I still buy it every year like a dum-dum.
0: What's what's your favorite version of Madden? Because we talked about this in the pre-show. I thought Madden twelve with Peyton Hillis on the cover was the best version of Madden I because like I mean like now like I play I play like Madden twenty two with my brother. Mm-hmm. I thought Madden twelve was the best.
1: Um I if we're going best, it's probably whatever's recent because it does get better every year. Can I tell you the thing I missed? I miss madden on the n64 with the, the training drills yeah i those were just awesome where you could really like improve a, a draft prospects uh, st- i loved those especially the tackling drills that's i learned more about tackling angles from those madden <laughs> drills than i actually did from most of my coaches in high school which probably tells you why my athletic career went as far as it did despite being built like a brick bleep house yeah all right, so what video game have you played the most? People saying FIFA. I, I think I'm a little too old to have gotten into the FIFA. When FIFA, when the FIFA craze really took off, one, not a natural soccer fan. Two, uh, had my family. So, like, once I had my family, the idea of playing video games more than a skosh here, or a skosh there, it just, it just doesn't work.
0: I got it on my phone. I put it back on my phone over the weekend, and it's it's very addicting. Um, but it's it's nowhere near as good as Madden or NCAA football.
1: Moose sending in, he's afraid of uh, black holes for uh, natural disaster. I'm not. I, I've seen Interstellar. I I think our knowledge of who knows. You could get sucked up into a black hole. You could come out into a better universe. You could come out with, with a place where maybe we're all nice to each other. Who the hell knows? Number three. Alright, this is just because I was thinking of I, I was walking out of the fishbowl today and I started doing a Michael Caine impression So, uh, the third question today
0: is, do you do any good impressions? Not really That's not something that's in my uh, repertoire. I mean, like, I'll do them just to butcher them, mm-hmm. but there's not one that I do that's really, really good I feel like I can do smatterings of like I'm oh, Michael Caine, uh, Bruce Oh wait, wait! What's what's the thing he says in in Dark Knight? Some people just want to watch the world burn. Right,
1: that's Forrest Gump doing a Michael Caine. Yeah, see, I'm
0: uh, not no. good at him. No, I failed you. Oh yeah, I yeah. failed your masterpiece.
1: Uh, in my head, I did a better Michael Caine than I thought I did. I I, don't, I do a I do a passable Bill Clinton. Hey everybody, hey anybody got any cigars? <laughs> All right, that wasn't great, but again, I think I can do a passable Bill Clinton. I can do a really half-assed version of. Uh, Will Ferrell's uh, second George Bush. I can do a really half ass version of Dana Carvey's impression of the first George Bush. Knock on that. Ipsy. Uh, so that is question number three. Question number two. Doug T saying solar flare would suck. Uh, don't sleep on solar flares, man. That's gonna that's gonna screw uh, screw all of it up for us. Number two, how many summer league games have you watched this year
0: or will you watch this year? I'm I'm going on zero. Uh, yeah. I mean like they'll be, they'll be on. Um, will I be in? T- Look, I'm a basketball supremacist. Uh-huh. If I want to watch crappy basketball, I'd be an NC state fan. Uh,
1: I like the setup. It was a good setup. Misdirect fun joke. I just can't do it. Like, Kai Jones, his we were talking about his basketball pro. I'm really in on Kai Jones and seeing where he fits on an NBA court after hearing that they kind of play him more as a four instead of a five. I'm not watching, like, the, the people watching Chet Holmgren and needing a change of shorts last night on social media, I'm going to need you to pick up a new hobby. What, summer? And by the way, that's, that's before we get to people that go to summer league games. Like people that travel and follow summer league games, get a wife, get a husband, get a dog, get maybe you know, adopt a couple kids, do something with your life. Because we're gonna we're gonna travel around following summer league games. Sounds uh, sounds the the level of tedium that would be to me is just it's unconscionable. Uh, also, NASCAR Brad saying summer league is chotch. Number one question, the final question of the day of my five burning questions. It is National Ice Cream Month, which makes it really, really hard to be good because that's all I want right now since I've learned that it was National Ice Cream Month. Uh, what is your favorite ice cream flavor?
0: Is it shots to just go with vanilla?
1: Yes. But it's kind of par for the course for you.
0: Because, like, vanilla is like my all time favorite because it's versatile. You can do a lot of different things with vanilla. If it's not in vanilla, mm-hmm. uh, I loved Rocky Road or Moose Tracks, mm-hmm. depending on which brand you're getting. Or um, if you ever get Telamook's, uh Cookies and Cream. I had some over the week and I actually dropped a bowl of ice cream as I was walking back into my parents living room and I almost re-tore the same ACL I tore playing church basketball uh-huh but it was it it nearly killed me so if we're going across any
1: brand that people may or may not know shipwrecked by two scoops is the greatest ice cream I've ever had or will ever have in my life it is fantastic it is chocolate ice cream with oreos uh k- mixed up into it with salted caramel mixed up in it Ooh. it is i'll be i'm just going to say the word here even though this is a family show it's a sexual ice cream it's an and it, and it is it's an experience when you have this and if that experience lasted for four hours or more don't call a doctor go back to two scoops and get more two uh, of the two scoops of ship drag Overall, though, it's probably somewhere between mint chocolate chip and cookies. Oh, you're a mint guy? And cookies and cream. And if you can combine those two, mint cookies and cream, another staple of uh, two scoops, is... I'll say it again. It's also quite sexual. What do you have against mint? You just said vanilla. You just went the most nondescript ice cream. Are you going to ice cream shame me, you jabroni? Yeah, mint. Dude, mint. Everything about
0: mint sucks.
1: Okay, like yesterday with the British. Go on. I just... It, it just
0: It just doesn't taste
1: good. Like... What, what do you mean it doesn't taste good? So, I, so candy I mean canes... something
0: sweet, I don't want a freaking breath mint. And that's basically what you're
1: eating. So, candy canes. Um... York peppermint patties.
0: Uh, no, because there's a distinct difference between mint uh, no, 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 and no, no, then no. a candy cane. No, no, no. Yes, you just, there is. You just said that all mint is trash, well, and, and then you
1: said, except this one thing. In, in the which sense is mint? Of, in the sense of like mint? like It's uh, peppermint, numb nuts. It's literally <laughs> in the name of it. It's still. You no, know, it listen, tastes bad with say, ice cream. Say what you want about the British people, <laughs> but
0: you leave mint out of this mint flavored things are just fine sir you could say we minted their ass 246 years ago and you didn't like the taste of that did you <laughs> ben verlander uh it's gonna be joining us here
1: the five questions though what natural disaster are you most afraid of what video game have you played the most that can be sports or otherwise Goldeneye knight would probably be a second to madden uh three do you have any good impressions Two, how many summer league games are you watching this year? One, what is your favorite ice cream flavor? Ben Verlander will ask the, or answer those questions next on Sports Radio 92.7 FNC.
0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.